Good afternoon, friends. I'm Dave Orsborn, and welcome to St. Gabriel's special coverage of the Ohio March for Life and Rally. I'm joined here in the studio by three friends from Heartbeat International, Peggy Hartshorn, Andrea Trudden, and Danielle White. And this hour, we'll be speaking about the dignity of human life and the threat here in Ohio that makes abortion, for the first time ever, a right in the Ohio Constitution. We'll also be speaking with some folks who are at the rally in the march to get their insights into the day and the importance for all of us to get out and vote to defeat issue one, this horrendous constitutional amendment. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Great Peggy, to be here. Danielle, Hello. Andrea, and we have a fourth guest, which I failed to introduce. This is Esther. Esther. <laughs> she's seven <laughs> months old, and she's very fascinated by the microphone. <laughs> uh, Peggy, uh, can you start uh, start this hour for us with a prayer? Yes, this is the prayer for Ohio that's being distributed by the Ohio Catholic Conference. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us guide, build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray, pray, for, pray us. for us. And St. Joseph, Protector pray. of the Unborn, pray, pray for, for us. us. Amen. Yes. Father, Son, Father, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. So in a few minutes, we're going to speak to Amanda Miller, my co-host on the St. Gabriel Cafe. She is at the march, so we'll find out what's happening down at the State House. Uh, and then soon after, around 12.15, 12.20, we'll be speaking with Bishop Fernandez. And then, Peggy, we also have some other guests lined up this hour. Right. Some that are going to help us with some specific areas, like what do we do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, some of the medical questions, the lies that people may be hearing in the advertisements, such as without this amendment, women won't be able to get regular prenatal care, mm-hmm. ectopic pregnancy care, or miscarriage care, all those lies that you've been hearing, and also some uh, practical information about what has happened in other states that have passed, particularly Michigan, that have passed this exact same amendment to their constitution. It's a disaster. Uh, so yes, we'll be getting some specialized guests as well, Dave. Good. And two big events coming up next week, very important for all of us. October 10th, which is Tuesday, will be the deadline to register to vote or make changes to uh, your voting record. So that's Tuesday, October 10th. And then Wednesday, October 11th, early voting happens. Early voting, right. (laughs) It's coming up Get out there now. Yes, and you just need to search 
search on yeah. your cell phone, on your internet for how to register to vote or update your voting records. Very, very easy online. Mm-hmm. And we've been told that it's, I always loved voting on voting day, standing in the line, taking my children. I thought that was important. Same. But now they tell us it's really important to vote early because some of those results come in and people start getting discouraged. Maybe they don't vote at all. Um, so we need to get out and vote early. If well, I think can. it also drives uh, donations and, and mm-hmm. money uh, that will finance uh, commercial advert, you know, commercial mm-hmm. advertising, mm-hmm. newspaper ads. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So. Well, let's if we could let's yeah. look at this amendment before we get on the ground and hear about the excitement at the rally because I've been listening from to my husband. He's been uh, texting and sending me pictures. A lovely rally downtown, lots of people, and it's beautiful. Uh, but what about this amendment? What does it really say, and why is it so dangerous? Because the first time I read the language, I thought, well, this doesn't sound as bad as I've been told, but it really is. So we have- Even uh, worse. Even worse, absolutely. And so to speak to it, actually, before we get into the language, there's one thing that I think we really do need to mention first, and that is the importance of prayer. The importance of prayer for all of us going forward at this crucial time. And I'd like uh, Danielle White, who's our general counsel at Heartbeat International, and she really, she found a, a wonderful website, which is now being promoted also by the Ohio Catholic Conference. Tell us about that, Danielle. Yeah, so I just had the idea come to me of what if we could cover all of the hours between now and the election in prayer before Jesus in the Eucharist. And so um, thankfully, <laughs> there was already a website that's designed to cover that. And anyone who does uh, Eucharistic adoration at their parish will be probably familiar with We Adore Him. And so um, you can go and sign up for an hour of Eucharistic adoration and but make a commitment that you'll pray at some point during that hour for the defeat of issue one. And the website for that is prayforlifeohio.weadorehim.com. And then I also, of course, want to mention the bishops initiative. All of the bishops here in Ohio have come together to ask us to pray a 54-day rosary novena. And there's information about that novena on the Ohio Catholic Conference. And you can just link and they'll send you a a reminder every day. I'm on that. And it's wonderful. So, yes. That that website, ohiocathconf.org slash protect. Or you could probably also search for the... Ohio Catholic Conference. And, sure. Get so. on there right then. And, you know, I just, uh, it was a God thing, uh, ran into, you might say, one of our diocesan leaders uh, just Wednesday who was walking on the block downtown to go down to Panera for a loaf of bread. And he said he and some of his colleagues are fasting uh, between now and the vote, and they're only eating bread for lunch. So sometimes he goes down and gets a loaf and that's that's it, bread and water. So uh, it really is a challenge, prayer and fasting. We know how important that is. And uh, it was a reminder to me and a, a beautiful example. So prayer and fasting, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what is in this amendment and what would it do? Uh, again, the Catholic Conference has a beautiful handout that you can get, again, information on their on their website. Mm-hmm. But there are three main areas that are just um, so important to understand. Uh, let me let me ask Andrea uh, what and, and I think she can cover well two of those areas. Then we're going to go to Danielle for the third. So, Andrea, what what is so dangerous about this amendment and the language? 
So the interesting thing that is throughout this amendment is the ambiguity. And that's where, uh, you you know, the phrase, the devil's in the details. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of openness in how this amendment was put together, almost intentionally, probably intentionally. Absolutely. Never has that statement been truer than the devil is in these details, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. even the whole amendment never says the word woman once for an amendment that's supposed to be all about abortion and such they and women's health don't supposedly. talk about women mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes so that's one thing that definitely is involved throughout this but um the thing that the ambiguity really does in this case is it does put women's lives at risk and um so let me read a part of it i know we're going to get deeper in with the discussion on michigan in that case mm-hmm. study sooner but um it says in the amendment The state shall not interfere with an individual's abortion unless the state demonstrates that it is using the least restrictive means. And so everything that Ohio has put together to have good regulations, to have a positive pro-life footprint in the state to protect women is being stripped away from that because we are now putting into our constitution that nobody's allowed to interfere with a woman or sorry, an individual's um, abortion in this case. And um, in that, what that can do is challenge any attempt that can regulate um, somebody who could perform an abortion and the standards of care required. So and even parents. This, uh, that's even what I was parents, about to say. Yes. It takes away parental consent mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. because they are now seen as somebody who's getting in the way, who's interfering with their child's abortion. And all of the laws that have been passed uh, regulating abortion clinics and making sure they at least have minimum standards of care, all that is at risk as well. Oh, absolutely. And we've Mm -hmm. worked so hard over the years with what you know is the heartbeat bill and things and put protections in place for the safety of women. Mm -hmm. And those now can be eliminated um, because of this ambiguity, because it's now seen as a hindrance. And so anything that is seen as a hindrance would now be shot down. Sure. And what about other people that might be pressuring women, for instance? And that's the other sad thing within this amendment. Um, I'll read it again. It's another segment of it. The state shall not penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against a person or entity that assists an individual to get an abortion. And what this opens the door for is cases of statutory rape or abuse, in which case anybody could then take a woman to have an abortion, coerce her to have an abortion, and then it is hidden. The abuse is hidden and can continue because that person now, they have nothing against them mm-hmm. to where they can be penalized for this. And, and this trafficking too, human right? Trafficking. Oh, yeah. absolutely, which we, we heard about last year specifically within um, yeah. w- what's been going on in Ohio. And so it's opening the door for a lot of corruption and just uh, abuse of young women right and we are in pregnancy help centers seeing trafficking victims oh absolutely of course we have for the last few years so it's there's just such an explosion in that horrible horrible uh trafficking so okay those are two very important points it puts women at risk Mm -hmm. um it enables those who pressure women into abortions (laughs) Uh, no, no restriction on that at all. Um, <laughs> hear this beautiful little baby cooing in the background with his mom, Danielle, mom here. <laughs> How about uh, this this gigantic loophole about the the health of women, and, and and that is the third important point: the health of the mother. What does that really entail? 
Yeah, so I think that the drafters of this proposed amendment were genius. They were very cunning as they put this together because the language says that um, up until viability, there can't be burdens on, on the woman's ability to obtain an abortion. We have to remember what viability means. That's six months into a woman's pregnancy. And so there's no um, there's no restrictions under this for a woman who is five and a half months pregnant. Um, the other issue with this is the um, the health exception. It's an exception that swallows the rule because the the only thing that's necessary in order to trigger the health exception is that one physician says that the abortion is necessary. What's not mentioned is that that physician can be the abortion provider. And so it's a tremendous conflict of interest. Um, and there's an, there's a late-term abortion provider out in Colorado named Warren Hearn who has said for decades that he will certify that any pregnancy is a threat to women's health. Mm. Um, and he, he reiterated that in an article in The Atlantic just this spring, that every pregnancy is a health issue. And so to, to call this a limitation on abortion is just not true because the <laughs> person no who stands to yeah. benefit financially is the abortionist and he can certify it. Is there any clarity around who that doctor needs to be? Does it does the doctor need to be an OBGYN or even following the woman? I mean, it could be any physician. Do they even have to be, could it be telemed? I mean. Yeah, there's 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 no um, limitations on who that doctor can be. It just says in in the judgment of her physician. Mm-hmm. And this would actually strip away something that Ohio has as a law where it has two doctors have to sign off on it. So now it's actually taking that away and leaving it solely in the hands of the abortion provider. Right. And it's also just one physician who has to determine the viability, not just whether this abortion has any relationship to the women's health woman's health, but also when is the baby viable? That is only in the judgment of a physician, which of course can be the abortionist. Mm. Yeah. Joining us now by phone is our community correspondent and the co-host of the St. Gabriel Cafe, Amanda Miller. Amanda, how are you doing? Hi, good morning. Good morning, Amanda. I wish we could all be there and be here at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful day out here. There's so many people have shown up, and it's so amazing. Let's start. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, Respect for Life Mass at 9 o'clock this morning. Oh, yeah. The bishop just started off so strong with reminding us that we gather to recognize that we we need the strength that comes from on high and the importance of our prayer and presence. And, yeah, so beautiful. And then ending his homily with the... The beautiful example of the family who has just been canonized um, and who were victims of the Holocaust, and the woman who was who went into labor at the hour of her death when she was executed, and saying, "Let us be like her, and to our last dying breath, proclaim life." Wow! So, so powerful, so beautiful, so inspirational. Oh, that's beautiful, Amanda. Thanks for sharing that. Um, well, and and how is the experience of the? I understand our Bishop Fernandez is a has been a keynote speaker, and he's going to be joining us actually in a few minutes, also to give some of his reflections from the rally. Yeah, yeah, and he even began our prayer right before the rally started, and again just reiterating to us that with with every bit of our breath and being that we need to be those witnesses of life and to proclaim life. So our powerful shepherds letting us know the, the importance of, of what we're doing here and, and our proclamation of life. 
Wow. Is the rally still going on, or is it uh, time for the march? Yes, I'm sitting here right outside the state house, and to my right is uh, the rally, which is just about to end, and you see everyone making their way to the street, and everyone's lining up. Has anyone mentioned crowd size? Where would you put it? You know, I think there's probably several thousand people here. Um, the whole state lawn pretty full. Um, tons of religious and seminarians, young families, children, schools. So amazing turnout. Fantastic. Now, are you going to march? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's having yeah, like a, a meal without dessert, isn't it? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks for checking in with us. Uh, enjoy enjoy the march, and we'll see you back here at St. Gabriel later this afternoon. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. God bless. Bye. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm sh- the I rain's wish- held off. Isn't that great? About 5,000 people. That's what we were uh, hearing earlier this week, and that those are just like the reported numbers. So we're mm-hmm. hopefully uh, there's even more that came on site. Right. It is a beautiful day. <laughs> were, were there buses coming from out of town? Yes, there nice. were buses. I know that. And also, uh, at the last minute, they got confirmation that Senator J.D. Vance actually was there and was one of the speakers. So a U.S. Senator, uh, that's great. And, of course, we had uh, our Bishop Fernandez as a keynoter, Peter Range from Ohio Right to Life, Aaron Baer from CCV, the co-sponsoring organization, and, and other speakers. So I'm sure it was an exciting event. As I mentioned, my husband's been sending me some pictures and mm-hmm. <laughs> people of all ages. So uh, uh, great. So, um, and I know we're going to try to get uh, Bishop Fernandez once, once he gets yep. back to the chancery. Uh, but what an opportunity. I know when they set the date for this rally after last year's first March and Rally for Life connected with, with the National March. Yeah. By the way, Jeannie Mancini from uh, National March for Life was there as well. And we got to see her last night at uh, the Ohio Right to Life dinner. But um, they didn't know about this amendment when they set that date, as far mm. as I know. Isn't it, isn't well, it yeah, providential? Talk about the timeline for a second. So Roe v. Wade was overturned in May? No, June 24th. June of last year. June 24th. Right? So then the rally last October was very much a celebration mm-hmm. uh, of, the, uh, of overturning Roe v. Right. Wade. When was this constitutional amendment what, that we now know as issue one first mentioned? Gosh, I don't know exactly, but very soon after the overturn of of Roe, mm-hmm. Michigan already had this on there, right, uh, on the agenda, and so the other side was ready. We 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 were just amazed that they already had the signatures. They had it as a referendum in Michigan already lined up for last November. So uh, so they were ready, and they knew that they were then going to target state by state. So we had to start playing catch up yeah. immediately. And, and and we knew at that point that Ohio would be next in, right. in, in on this. And of course, yeah. this amendment yeah. passed in Michigan, and we're now seeing the repercussions of it, which we'll get That's to right. later in the program. Yeah. Right now we have uh, our bishop, Bishop Earl K. Fernandez, on the phone. Good afternoon, Bishop. Good afternoon. How are you? Wonderful. It's Dave, and I'm here with Peggy, Andrea, and Danielle, all from Heartbeat International. 
Okay. All right, great. You're surrounded with a great, great crowd there. I'm, I, I'm blessed among women, Bishop. <laughs> Thank you. So um, let's start with the Respect Life Mass today at the cathedral. I heard it was a wonderful turnout. It was absolutely packed. I mean, the, there was standing room only. There was 200 people standing at the back of the cathedral. Mm, um, so it tells us that... Uh, you know, people were motivated, and they came from all over the state. Bishop Malasek from Cleveland was there. There were about 10 priests there and some women religious, but also buses of people came from Toledo, from uh, St. Michael's Church in Finley. That was noticeable. There was a youth rally in Cleveland, uh, Elder High School uh, from Cincinnati. So there was, a, there was a good group from all over the state that gathered in Columbus. And then uh, so the Mass, the, you know, the Mass was uh, outstanding. And then from the Mass, uh, we went to the rally, right? And that started Correct. around and 11 I o'clock? The, I opened the rally. You know, uh, the Damascus band was playing, uh, and they, the people were gathered, uh, again, from all over the state. I opened the, the rally with a, with a prayer, but, uh, but there were other people. There was uh, uh, the top uh, Southern Baptist pastor uh, for, for Ohio. He was there. There was a, a black pastor who just helped uh, to put out a message yesterday. Uh, to the black churches about um, about this uh, about voting no uh, here in November. Uh, there was so there was an ecumenical sort of feel to it. Uh, Center for Christian Virtues, Catholic Conference of Ohio, all were there. There were a number of state representatives and senators there. Uh, Secretary of State LaRose was there, as was um, uh, Lieutenant Governor Husted and his wife. Wow. So um, there was there was there was uh, representation from across the state. Well, Bishop Fernandez, we are just so thankful to you for your leadership in this whole issue and and against issue one. And I know you certainly have been a unifying factor for all of the bishops and and now the the wonderful work that the Ohio Catholic Conference is doing to get the word out, to give us resources we need and prayer opportunities. So thank you, thank you. (laughs) You're you're most welcome. I mean, I do want to say the Catholic Conference of Ohio, we bishops of Ohio, we have had a united voice. Yes. Uh, And we are trying to work with uh, Center for Christian Virtue and with Ohio Right to Life to have a united voice, working Mm -hmm. with Protect Women Ohio. Mm -hmm. The reason is we're going to get outspent by twice as much. Maybe there'll be $50 million spent to promote abortion in our state. Mm -hmm. So we need to conserve resources and have a consistent message to tell people to vote no in November. Uh, I was heartened a little bit. I was down in Cincinnati for a fundraiser for Elizabeth's New Life Center yesterday. Uh, and I'm going back there again today. Uh, And my brother and I both spoke, and I was surprised happily so, about how many vote-no signs there were up in the, in the Cincinnati area, especially on the west side of Cincinnati, but even in, in the suburbs in Loveland. So hopefully uh, we can turn things around. We really need to mobilize people to vote. Uh, if they haven't registered to vote, today might be the last day to register to vote. The 10th. Uh, and, the 10th. Yeah, and, next uh, Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, and then to really um, get people there. I mean, yes. busing people, getting the Knights of Columbus to get people to vote. Uh, to get to vote early, uh, and all these sorts of things, to go into uh, nursing homes and residential facilities where you have people who are pro-life but who can't get to the polls, and to make sure that, they, they, that, they, that their voices can also be heard. Yes, and thank you for the wonderful communications that have been coming from, from Jason at our diocese to the, to the parish communication uh, directors. I know at, at our parish, at St. Mary in German Village, um, we've had some wonderful things in our bulletin every week, uh, thanks well, so to... The, so the Catholic Conference of Ohio um, has worked with communications directors across the state to have a clear and consistent message. Mm-hmm. Then all the communications 
director, Dawson Communication Directors. They've been communicating with the clergy as to when to release messages, timing, and everything like that. But right. then also the Catholic Conference of Ohio and the USCCB have put on seminars to train people to be spokesmen in their parishes and spokeswomen in their parishes. They principally want women to be the speakers. So that some parishes can have a communications director, and we've been communicating very well with them, and they are motivating their parishioners and so on. Other parishes don't have a communications director, but we've offered training uh, for women around the state, men and women around the state, uh, to be advocates. Uh, on this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, again, to have a consistency. That's wonderful. And I know, I know parishes are allowing lay people in our parish, uh, St. Mary's again, uh, Mike and I are, are co- with the Knights there. We're coordinating, distributing yard signs on Sunday. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. I was talking with Christina Janung and some of the people down in Cincinnati. I was at a pro-life fundraiser two weeks ago. I'm still on the board of the Pregnancy Center East, now Pregnancy Center Plus down there. Uh, and uh, they have received a whole bunch of huge uh, vote no signs from Protect Women Ohio so that, again, the message can go out. Right. So, um, Bishop Fernandez, if, if anyone's listening from their parish and they're saying, we're not getting this communication, or uh, how do we get these yard signs, what do you think, how should we advise them at this point? I think they should. I think they should contact Jason Mays in the communications office of the diocese. Okay. I think they could contact uh, Protect Women Ohio directly. Mm-hmm. I think they should talk to their pastor as well mm-hmm. if they haven't been hearing. And and we're going to give at the end of our program for the listeners some All of the websites, websites. Yep. and uh, people to contact. Right. So that is wonderful. And we have a supply of signs here also at, oh. at the station. So if it's easy for you to stop by us here on Winterset Drive, we'll. Give you a yard sign. We have T-shirts, right? So, and I know yeah. Columbus Right to Life, Greater Columbus Right to Life uh, dot org, is a, a. I believe they're the distributors for yard signs uh, for Protect Women Ohio. So um, hopefully people are getting the resources they need to, to to step out. And thank you for the reminder about registering to vote. The deadline right. is Tuesday, and early voting starts Wednesday, the eleventh. Right, the eleventh. Yeah, Bishop Fernandez, uh, what? Well, could you uh, kind of help us, too, with the, we didn't get to hear your comments today at the rally. <laughs> so at the uh, rally, I simply did the opening prayer. But at I the Mass, um, I, I, I talked about uh, the first reading was from Baruch. And Baruch, of course, and Jeremiah were sent into exile along with all the people. And from the Babylonian exile, it's like, we failed. We didn't listen to the voice of the Lord. We didn't keep his commandments. And now we're shamefaced. And we have to do that ourselves. Every person has to look at himself or herself and examine the conscience. Have I done everything I could to heed the Lord's voice, uh, to follow a well-informed conscience, not an autonomous conscience? Have I done everything I could to build a civilization of love? These sorts of things. Have I kept the commandments myself? Because we can speak about structural sin and abortion and violence in our city and disrespect for human life and the throwaway culture, But St. John Paul II says that the root of every structural sin is personal sin. We ourselves need to repent, and then, and only then, can we build a civilization of love on a firm foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I also emphasize the fact that we need to hear the voice of the Lord in the commandments, uh, including the commandment, Thou shalt not kill. It's not merely merely a negative precept. It's also an exhortation to love and to show reverence for life, and every person upon the face of the earth who bears the image of the Creator. And I think that's an important thing, and do I show this reverence for life? Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of my mother's death, but my mother uh, you know, generously said yes to life. 
She and my father came with my two brothers from India in 1970. They were poor. They were immigrants. They encountered prejudice. And in three years, 71, 72, 73, they had three more boys. And people are, might say today, well, what are you doing? Why aren't you just going to always be poor? You're, you're, you're worsening the situation. But people who say that are people who have given up on society, who have no hope. My parents had a hope for a greater future for their sons. And, and because the church welcomed us and people accompanied us on our journey, from that one family, you have three physicians, a judge, and, and, a, and a Catholic bishop. Uh, and it's not just our family. I talked about how mothers are important in being generous. And that even, like in the, here in Ohio, we have a great, coming up next week, there's a day of uh, prayer to, for the abolition of the death penalty. Right? And I talked about going down to the uh, prisons in Chillicothe last Christmas to have Mass for those who are incarcerated. I had one in the Catholic chapel there, and then they took me over to the gym, and I had Mass for those on death row. And I was wondering, well, would this be the last Christmas for some of them? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the men said, oh, Father, I hear you're from Cincinnati. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I, I'm from Cincinnati, too. I said, what part? He said, Camp Washington. I said, I was pastor in Camp Washington, Sacred Heart Church. He said, that's my church. So what's your <laughs> name? He told me his name. I said, is your mother Pat? Yeah, that's my mom. And his mother would always say, pray for my son. He's in jail, but never told me what he did. His mother has gone to his reward. But I thought, that mother still loved her son. She carried this man who sentenced to death in her womb, and uh, who's a person. And many of these uh, persons who are on death row have repented, and they have changed. And so, again, we have this kind of cycle of violence. I didn't say it in the sermon, but I probably should have, about the violence we have on our streets and the gun violence. When you have violence against innocent children in the womb, why should we expect anything different in society? Violence against, uh, against poor people, violence uh, against uh, people who are minorities, underprivileged populations. Uh, when, we, when we treat everybody like a thing to be used rather than a person to be loved. Well, that really stood out to me. Yeah, just <clears throat> I, it, it's so obvious when you think about it. In so many ways, we're trying to eradicate violence in our society and here we are now with issue one trying to codify Mm -hmm. violence well and you see that even in the war in the ukraine uh violence happening but that's why i brought up the story of the ulma family in my sermon they were just beatified about a month ago uh this seven polish well it was a mother and father in married nine years they had six children in nine years the mother was expecting a seventh child uh and then the nazis started to round up jews to deport them and this family hid Jews in their home. Uh, they fed them. They became part of their family, people of a different faith but who shared the same human nature because it's what they do in virtue of being a person and especially in light of faith. And they were only partially discovered because of the amount of food that was being consumed because they fed them as well. And the Jews were killed first and then the parents and then the children. And they were buried in a common grave. And when they went to dig up the bodies, give them proper burial. They saw that the mother had gone into labor. And so they really gave witness. The word martyr, uh, martyria, means witness. And they really gave witness um, a true charity. They laid down their lives for their friends. And that's what we're called to do now, not to be half-hearted witnesses, uh, but to be bold witnesses. The Pope Francis commenting on the, on the Fifth Commandment says, indifference kills. Many Catholics are simply indifferent or don't know, or are unaware. Uh, and then they're going to wake up one day, and we're going to have abortion enshrined in our Constitution here in Ohio, which wouldn't really represent Ohio values, but it's just that we've been outspent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, this is a, a critical, critical time. Thank you so much for those such rousing and encouraging and beautifully spiritual comments, Bishop Fernandez. It's just an encouragement to us all. And I, I, I want to thank you, too. Bishop Fernandez will be recording one of our Family Sanctuary episodes with us on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we'll have that as part of our podcasts, our in-depth podcasts on the truth about the dignity of the human person uh, that's available at St. Gabriel uh, in the podcast. So thank you so much, Bishop Fernandez, for oh, just such inspirational words well, and your you're, wonderful you're leadership. My brother Ashley and I were giving a talk together down in uh, Loveland, Ohio yesterday. We'll be down there again today where you know, we and some of the other bishops were crisscrossing the state trying to get, get the word out. We're working with the Knights of Columbus. We're working with the Catholic Conference of Ohio worked with our priest, Archbishop Schnur, down in Cincinnati, had a homily preached in all the churches this past Sunday. Mm. Uh, I should have one uh, the Sunday before um, before uh, the election, before the vote. So uh, to be done in all the churches in the, in the Diocese of Columbus. Oh, great. Um, so, um, so, you know, we're going to do what we can. And, and if we lose... What, what are the consequences? Well, I mean, they're, they're life and death consequences for many, but as Catholics, our mission goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, before That's the right. Dobbs decision, mm-hmm. the day before the Dobbs decision, the day after Dobbs decision, so there were women who were contemplating abortion, who need accompaniment, who need support so that abortion is unthinkable. Uh, and so we're going to have to be there, and we're going to have to keep having our uh, Heartbeats International, our birthrights, our pregnancy decision health centers, our women's care centers, going strong. They're going to need more support rather than less support so that people will see, no, life is a beautiful choice, and we're, and we're going to have to build the culture of life in a different way. Mm-hmm. So our mission, mm-hmm. regardless of the vote, goes on. Right. And becomes even more urgent. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. Well, thank you so much, Bishop Fernandez. We, we appreciate your taking time out, not just being there at the march uh, and rally and uh, and and your travel schedule is amazing. <laughs> and what an inspiration. You are spending every minute you can doing everything you can to defeat this amendment and proclaim the dignity of the human person. And we take inspiration from that and your leadership. Thank you. you. Know, to all your listeners, I simply say, get registered to vote. Make sure you vote. Vote early. If it wasn't illegal, I'd tell you, vote off. Yeah. Yes. Um, if it were know, Chicago. No right. in November. Yeah. Yeah. Could we have your blessing, Bishop? Sure. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bishop. Right, God, God bless, bless you. all your efforts. Mm. Thank God bless you. Gabriel Radio. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Wow, that was so inspirational. Maybe we should end the program right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, he stole some of my lines, but I guess I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> love his passion. Oh, love yes. his eloquence, his mm-hmm. uh, clarity. And boy, Absolutely. his energy on uh, getting out there. He's not uh, hes not delegating it, right? Right. He's encouraging right. others to become involved, but he's, he's right out there. Absolutely. And the leadership from our church has always been so strong on this abortion issue um, from, from day one of our involvement in pro-life, the leadership of the church. But of course, it's it's become even stronger. I believe in in the Columbus Diocese and and the state of Ohio, and uh, that perhaps the challenge of of this kind of attack coming after the defeat uh, after the overthrow of Roe 
has really just it's inspiring all of us. <laughs> and that was something to be interested or that I was intrigued by what he was saying about um, cities, Toledo and Cleveland and Cincinnati being present at the mass and therefore being at the rally. That was really encouraging because it, even just coming back a few months to August mm-hmm. and where the vote didn't go necessarily our way, those were the areas that were impacted. So it's hopefully energized yeah. them as well and um, really uh, kind of g- lit a fire for what we need to do because of what the consequences are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I thought about the bishop's comment about how much money is going to be spent. And something that encourages me every time I think about how outspent we are is that we are not likely going to be outprayed. Um, and I just really think that that's an encouragement that we can we can go back and we can pray at, at any moment. And um, and I don't think we're going to be outprayed. Right. It, it's amazing to me to think since my husband and I have been involved for 50 years (laughs) Um, and thank God for that wonderful mission that he gave to us in pro-life, but how the church has really been so prescient seeing, seeing ahead in what was happening. Um, I I have a quote here from John Paul II uh, from Evangelium Vitae, which, which he promulgated, I believe it was in 1994. Um, But he says uh, he talks about the um, the difficult or even tragic situations that can be the basis for decisions made against life, circumstances that can diminish the personal culpability of those who make choices that in themselves are evil. So he's he's recognizing that women will be pressured and and uh, and and they have devastating circumstances sometimes. Um, and, and that will, as he said, uh, diminish the personal culpability or, or guilt for those decisions. Mm. But then he says, today the problem goes even further, and that was back in 1994. He says it's a problem which exists at the cultural, social, and political level where it reveals a more sinister and disturbing aspect in the tendency ever more widely shared to interpret crimes against life as legitimate expressions of individual freedom to be acknowledged and protected as actual rights. Mm. So he saw that right yep. back then. Prophetic. That, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that we were going to progress or degress. Degress. Say. <laughs> well, and, and Peggy, you mentioned uh, at the top of the uh, show, uh, the eyes were, the eyes of the country were first on Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now we have a real strong sense of what may be coming our way if issue one passes. Sure. We have uh, David Mann on the phone with us. Oh, good. Hey, hey David. Hey, how's everybody? Forgive me. I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, High Street right now, about to make a left on spring. We, we're still right in the middle of the march. Oh, good. Well, thank you for joining us. We wanted you, David, to, to just tell us, because David is a, a legislative director for a CCV, Center for Christian Virtue, one of the sponsoring organizations for the Ohio March for Life, and and a good friend. And David used to be a, a key leader at our pregnancy center, PDHC, in um, in the whole uh, sexual integrity approach in our public schools. So, David, thank you for 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 calling in, and uh, we wanted to ask you to tell us what what has actually happened now in Michigan? We alluded to this earlier that Michigan passed the same language in their constitution last year. And all these predictions of what would happen are coming true. Can you share that with us? Right. So so what's happening, the, the same architect of Ohio's 
constitutional amendment uh, is the same architect who passed it in Michigan last year uh, with the support of their governor, Governor Whitmer, uh, right. Planned Parenthood. And, um, and so basically right now um, they are actually going to the state legislature, the, the Democrat-controlled state legislature, and saying that every law that uh, is now unconstitutional has to be overturned. And, and in that, there, there's a particular uh, news article on, on uh, Channel 3, Lansing, Michigan, where, where parental rights is literally at the top of that list. Um, that The 24-hour waiting period to be able to have uh, an abortion is, at, is, at, is second on the list. Um, the need to have the procedure performed by a physician, um, different health and safety standards, all these are now barriers um, you know, to, to abort what they call reproductive decisions, not just abortion care, but uh, what they would typically call abortion care in the past. It's now reproductive decisions. And, uh, yeah, it, it's what – now, the interesting thing, though, Peggy, is the news did a really awesome job breaking down um, how, <clears throat> how wicked um, and evil the bill is now, right? Wow. But in the Great. beginning, before the vote happened – it was, well, where does it say anything about parental rights, you know, in the actual language? Where does it say anything about, you know, uh, uh, health and safety standards being unconstitutional? That, that's not in, in the language. But now, on the back end, they want to they be good journalists and cover the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So they is, were... it, is it too little too late? In Michigan? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, all of the money that it took, you know, $40, 50000000 million to... To get that amendment passed, it would take even more than that uh, uh, to get it overturned. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's once it's in there, it's in there. And, and because it's a constitutional amendment, all these other laws that were voted on now right. are considered unconstitutional. Is that automatic, or or does that go to to the court, Danielle? That has to go to court. It'll be challenged in court. Okay. Mm-hmm. But. There again, follow the money, right? I mean, that, so, okay. Right, right, wow. Right. And that's something that we are seeing. So what we're a year ahead in Michigan for what we're going to be possibly if it votes yes in November in Ohio. And then we know that up to 11 other states throughout the nation may be inserting this as a constitutional amendment, abortion as a right, as that's a constitutional their, amendment. That's the goal of the other side, mm-hmm. right? And one of the... And so what we do in Ohio will be a model for future states. Um, we pray to God that, that the vote no will win and will defeat it here. And what we've done to help make that happen can be a model for all these other states. David, you mentioned one other point that I want to clarify. Uh, this idea of uh, reproductive choices, reproductive freedom. Um, one of the actual organizations behind this effort to change our um, to change our constitution, actually their focus is gender, right? So we're t- also well, talking about overturning laws uh, that relate to gender transition, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and Planned Parenthood themselves, you know, they've got offshoot organizations like Earth. But Planned Parenthood themselves is the number one, um, you know, in terms of abortion in, in America. But they're number t- uh, number one as well in comprehensive, what they call comprehensive sex education in the schools. Um, but number two for cross-sex hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're in the bu- they're in the gender business as well. And because of the wording, um, you know, reproductive decisions. Uh, if you actually right now go to um, Nationwide Children's Hospitals 
um, they actually have on their website a um, fertility and reproductive uh, program. And on that page, it says, you know, there are certain uh, procedures that could affect the, the reproductive, uh, the fertility care of, um, of children and transgender therapy is, is listed on that webpage. And so right now, the move is not just talking about abortion, but reproductive decision. And that's the actual language they use on the website uh, when they're talking about their gender clinic at uh, Nationwide Children. Wow. They, so much depends on this misleading and actual uh, lying language. Right. There's right. nothing. Misleading. You could drive, you could drive a, freight train, a freight train through these loopholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the gender care is actually in there along with what they would call the reproductive decisions um, and, and the abortion piece. Uh, at any age, in any state, the, the state cannot burden an individual's right to reproductive decisions, is what the language says. Mm-hmm. If they were talking about adults, they'd be talking about adults. They don't even mention the word woman. Uh, right. If they weren't talking about minors, they would say with the exclusion of minors. But right. no. Very, uh, as Danielle said in the beginning, the devil is in the details. Or Andrea, sorry, the devil is in the details. Absolutely. Well, I was just, uh, I was sent an article this morning uh, regarding Planned Parenthood, and they're helping teenagers now transition after a 30-minute consultation. Mm-hmm. Mm. A 30-minute consultation. This is so frightening. Uh, without parental consent. So. Well, mm-hmm. and that's where, again, that ambiguity of the language and stripping away any uh, parental involvement and using that word, David, you were the individual. It's it's taking away any accountability um, for anybody to actually push back against. And we've seen in states across the nation of states actually attacking the parents who are trying to get involved with their children who are trying uh, to get an abortion or trying to get into hormone therapy and stuff. And, and they're trying to push parents out of it. And that's a very scary thing, specifically for me as a mom, um, because I want to be involved in my child's life please don't tell me that i have no right mm-hmm. um and so that that's what sadly this does it, this amendment starts to strip away those rights that's right mm-hmm. well david thank you so much for yeah, joining us this you, has brother. been very enlightening and thank you for your commitment to be one of the warriors uh telling us the truth uh, and fighting this i wish y'all could see this peggy this is just beautiful thousands of people somebody called down from the uh uh, the, the state office tower. They said we've never seen this many people on the lawn. It's just oh, isn't that exciting? Oh, Yay, God! Awesome. And, Wonderful. And, uh, we're getting the Take word care, out. Guys. People beginning to see the truth. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, David. David. God, God bless, bless you. I hope he's getting lots of selfies too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never knew this. Planned Parenthood is one of the largest providers of yeah. cross-sex hormones. Now the number one. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm where this article is talking about uh portland i'm not sure if it's portland maine or portland oregon I'm probably oregon oregon assuming mm-hmm. um they saw a 400 percent increase in gender affirming care visits between 2021 and 2022 mm. according to their own annual reports while those in ohio saw a 544 percent increase over the same time period Mm-hmm. I had done a little bit of an anal- analysis of their annual report last year, and even in their own annual report, like you have to look at the small words and the, the mice type at the bottom to understand that they lump a lot of things into those other reproductive services, and it includes the gender gender uh, transition yeah. hormones. And so yes. they're not even being transparent in their own um, annual report. But yes, to your guys's point, that is definitely included. They've um, in, included that reproductive health language more and more. We're seeing it. The organization NARAL, 
um, which used to stand for the National National Abortion Rights Action League, <laughs> now changed their name to Reproductive Justice for All. Mm. So they're they're grabbing this word reproductive for health, for justice, to include anything and everything around abortion. And of course, there's nothing reproductive about abortion or gender mm-hmm. transition. No. The only the goal seems to be to eliminate people. We are the problem. We are not the solution. People are not the solution to our problems. People are the problem. It's it's so sad. And getting back though to what Bishop Fernandez was saying, it's it's this is an opportunity to reestablish the dignity of life and create a culture of life. Like we have this opportunity to vote no in November in order to bring back that loving culture that embraces and sees life as a good thing. Um Good. Now joining us from the March, we have Dr. Kathleen Lutter. Dr. Lutter, how are you doing? Doing great. So, so you're you're are you walking and talking? I am not because I wasn't sure that I could do both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Better to be safe. Yeah. Hi Kathleen, how are you? Doing well. Thanks Thank- for having us. Thanks for being willing to join the program. Dr. Lutter is a pro-life Columbus a Catholic OBGYN, and she's uh, just has a beautiful practice, but also she has testified for pro-life in the legislature. She's one of our leading uh, Catholic medical uh, pro-lifers. So, uh, Dr. Lutter, I wanted to ask you, and we haven't talked too much yet on our program. We've had some very good um information being presented about this amendment. But the one thing I wanted to focus on with you is the lies that people are hearing in the advertisements for the people who want this amendment to want this right to abortion. The lies that they'll say, well, without this, without this amendment, women are going to be dying. Um, Abortion safer than childbirth. They're saying women wouldn't be getting care for ectopic pregnancy or miscarriage. Uh, and that's frightening to women um, and all of us. So what's the truth? The, the truth is that these lies are being used to deceive voters. And it, within the actual amendment itself, they made certain to include that a patient has a right to pregnancy, that a patient has a right to have miscarriage care, and never had that been accepted. Ectopic pregnancy, which is an unsafe situation where the life of the fetus must be sacrificed in order to save the mother's life, they literally include that as part of abortion. There, uh, Kathleen, part- you're breaking yes. up just a little bit, so I want okay, I, I want to clarify. You're saying that um, they're, they're, they're including ectopic pregnancy and Correct. miscarriage as, as things that, I mean, they're really classifying them as abortions when they're not yes. abortions. Yes, it, it, the, the confusion arises where in the obstetric gynecologic world, we use, do use the word abortion for anything that doesn't make it to 20 weeks. So that is, they're capitalizing upon that. So a spontaneous miscarriage or a miscarriage that's made to, miss, that's made to pass because the fetus is dead is classified as a spontaneous abortion in medical jargon. So they're capitalizing on the fact that because we classify ectopic pregnancies and spontaneous abortions, as well as therapeutic abortions and elective abortions, all under the same heading of abortion, they're capitalizing on that. What we are against is elective abortion. They literally take advantage of the medical terminology, which I wish was different, but that's the, the jargon of our profession, 
is anything that doesn't make it to 20 weeks is considered an abortion. But they're, they know the difference. But they're just allowing miscarriages that are spontaneous or people that have fetuses that have passed and, and then are spontaneously given medication to empty the uterus. They literally are using that misinformation to say that they will be banned as well. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. Ohio law enshrines the physician's ability to care for the mother, to care for the baby, and to do what is medically appropriate to save the life of that mother. That right. is absolute misinformation. Let's, so, let's say really clearly here, voting no on issue one does what to a woman that has an etopic pregnancy or a miscarriage? What does a no vote do? The no vote enshrines the ability for physicians to do that, but that is not in jeopardy. They're using that that message to say that it will be in jeopardy, and that has never been and will never be in jeopardy. Right. So our when we're saying to people, vote no, that yes. has nothing to do nothing. with a woman's good health care that she has always nothing. been able to obtain in Ohio for Absolutely. ectopic pregnancy and marriage and, and miscarriage. And, and that's the point. They are capitalizing on the similarity in, in medical jargon to the association with elective termination and saying that these are the same thing. They are not. No. I grew up, Kathleen, I hate to reveal my age, but I, I grew up <laughs> when uh, abortion was illegal in every state in the country. And we didn't even often know what abortion meant until we were <laughs> until we were yes. adults. The, the terminology yes. wasn't there. But there was never any problem in those days at all about people getting treatment for ectopic pregnancy or miscarriage. Right. My mother's first pregnancy, yes, yeah. my mother's first pregnancy was an, an ectopic pregnancy, and right. she was cared for uh, in Christ Hospital in Cincinnati, Ohio, and because she got that good care, I was born as her second baby. Mm. <laughs> right. right, right. So we know that a, a tr good treatment for ectopic pregnancy and miscarriage has never been uh, a, a problem in the state of Ohio. Correct. And, Correct. and and no matter, uh, it is not going to be a problem at all. Correct. Uh, at even all. even and if, yeah, even if um, somehow this, uh, this right would be enshrined, we do not need this right to an abortion to get no. good care for Those ectopic pregnancy. Use the voter. And that deception is why I decided to get involved and to go for broke. I'm, I'm, it, it's absolutely deceitful in an attempt to put that language in about miscarriages and the right to continue your pregnancy in order to confuse voters, thinking that if it doesn't pass, that those are in jeopardy. Right. Wow. And it's so frightening how many people are believing that. Right. And actually down here today, I, because I was wearing a white coat and I didn't see many other medical people, but I was down here and I answered probably 20 or 30 questions exactly on that topic. Mm. Wow. Well, I'm glad we've got you on the program to clarify that for everybody. Yeah. And, and, um, and the other thing that is, is a common misinformation is that women who have um, life-threatening conditions need to, be, need to have access to abortion and that somehow we would take a very sick woman, and it's very, very rare that this would happen, but we're going to take a very sick woman and we're going to send her to Planned Parenthood for her heavy bleeding or her, you know, diabetic ketoacidosis or her other medical problems, preeclampsia, that sometimes do warrant early delivery of a pre-viable baby, that those somehow would be sent to Planned Parenthood. Those patients are cared for in a hospital exclusively. And they would never be involved in the elective abortion process, Planned Parenthood venue. Never. 
these are things that are cared for in the hospital where both mother and child can be given every opportunity to get the best care possible. And viable babies occasionally must be sacrificed because a woman's health is so precarious. But that will never happen in the elective abortion industry. Right. And it's always been our church teaching that everything should be done to protect the life of the unborn child as well as the mother. We can never intentionally kill one or the other. (laughs) Right. Right. Good medical care will protect both of them. Good medical care would never involve the harm to a fetus. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lutter, for clarifying and for all that you're doing. And we're trying to inspire everyone else. And we hope this program has as well. All of us feel so committed to do everything we can to get the truth out, particularly between now and this vote in November. I will. I was very inspired by the crowd, the number of clergy, the number of sisters, the number of young people was amazing. Wonderful. And thank you again for your witness and for wear that white coat every place you go so people can ask you that (laughs) question. I had to take my my logos off. (laughs) Yes, I bet. All right. Thank you. But I am here proudly. I appreciate you letting me be on. Thank thank you. you. And if you're near Beth Vanderkoy, tell her we're going to call her in a minute. I I am. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, doctor. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dr. Lutter. Yes, I can't believe these lies about about those are so misleading. And I actually talked to uh, a a female, um, another female OBGYN who was saying to me, she had who uh, she had a patient who had come in uh, and had heard these lies and was so she had been trying to become pregnant. She she uh, had an infertility problem. She was trying to become pregnant. But her mother had had an ectopic pregnancy, and she was so afraid to continue her fertility care because she was afraid if she got an ectopic pregnancy herself, she would die. (laughs) So it's so confusing to people. Well, help me understand, because I I really don't. um, How how are people so easily misled on something like this? Mm -hmm. I I, I really, I, I, I don't get it, how they're... Um, so easily deceived uh, because the argument is so, to me anyway, so outrageous mm-hmm. and, and so far out there. But it, I mean, is that where the spiritual diabolical nature of this come in? I think so. And I think it's the, it's, um, the drafters of the amendment know that it's so extreme that if they were honest about what it means, it would never pass. And so they have to they have to shroud it in um, in these misdirections, these red herrings to make people think that saying that you have to say yes to this amendment in order for women to receive miscarriage care. You just think about, again, how just how violent that actually this issue really is to women. So you're taking a woman that is wants to create life, you know, wants to have a family and they, and they instill this fear mm-hmm. um, that and, and just preying on on I mean what uh, a man and a woman what would be their most joyful moment yes yeah. and, and and turning it into uh, a matter of fear yeah and I really do think that underneath all this is this is this diabolical mentality the attack on people the attack on the human person, because we remember we're made in the image and likeness of God. The devil cannot directly attack God, but he can attack the image and likeness of God in this world. And um, 
and and there is an effort to truly destroy the human race and and uh, and have us do it ourselves and that that's not an exaggeration mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. i mean that that is what they're trying yes. to do here and sadly the, the we used to have some other guardrails in our culture uh, a media that tried to be objective for instance and tried to give both sides of an issue mm-hmm. uh for uh, even though they often didn't do a really good job of that <laughs> they did a much better job than today so aside from Christian and Catholic media and radio, um, it's very difficult for people to find the truth and hear it. Well, and that's what I do love about the fact that um, people like Dr. Lutter and other medical professionals have started to come out and talk about exactly the misleading Mm -hmm. phrases that Mm -hmm. are being inserted um, into this. Because, I mean, think about it. Before last June, how often was ectopic pregnancy talked about in the news? How often had you ever heard about it? Yeah. Most people didn't know about it unless they knew somebody or were experiencing it, in which case their doctors and the hospitals are there Mm -hmm. and already equipped to uh, serve them in the best, most healthy way possible. People assumed that they would get care Mm -hmm. if they had a miscarriage or they never would have questioned that until all of a sudden they're putting it in our minds. If women were routinely being denied care for ectopic pregnancies, we would have heard about it a lot sooner than just last June. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And, and and I really applaud Dr. Lutter for the, for the mm-hmm. strong stance that she's taking because it, that that is so courageous. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see others join her now in calling out their colleagues mm-hmm. that that are abusing their oath, you know, turning the the oath that they took to care for others. And mm-hmm. and we do have some wonderful pro-life medical associations now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the APLOG, um, uh, the Association of Pro-Life OBGYNs, um, there's a new group, I believe they call it the Society for Hippocratic Medicine. Uh, our doctors are stepping up and Good. being courageous, but they notice she said I had to take off my logos sure. on her yeah. jacket. Um, you know, they are under great attack also we need to pray for them because they're mm-hmm. in a profession now a medical profession uh whether it's also the pediatric profession as well as the um OBGYN profession uh, and the general american medical association that is totally pro-abortion and pro-gender care beth vanderkoy is on the phone with us now the director or president of greater columbus right to life to talk to us about what now what do we do hey well, beth hello everyone thanks for having me on thanks beth good to have you on yes we've we've had a great uh program i believe about getting the truth out about this amendment and encouraging people to register uh to vote uh, by the 10th to vote early if they can starting on the 11th uh to do everything they can in their family in their church uh in their community to 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 do something now (laughs) So I really believe that your website, the Greater Columbus Right to Life website, gcrtl.org, greatercolumbusrighttolife.org, is the easiest of all the websites that have been uh, developed to help us. And you even publish your phone number, 614-445-8508, and you just have a really easy way to help people get connected and do something. So tell us about the opportunities that are available uh, on your website for people to get involved. Absolutely. Before I before I go there, though, I'm going to say I'm standing here at the Ohio State House. The march itself has just ended, and I have to tell you, I am so excited 
And I, I am so uh, just joy over the enthusiasm and the camaraderie uh, and everything that we are seeing here as people from all different faiths and clergy, you know, so many priests, so many religious. Um, this is an absolutely amazing day to be pro-life in Ohio. Oh. And what I have been saying is that we had a strong turnout today in downtown Columbus. But what we really need to have a stronger turnout is we need to have people turn out to vote no by November 7th. Uh, this is your last weekend to get registered to vote. You can do that so easily online. You can go to our website and find the links. And then starting next Tuesday, we need people to go out and to join us in voting no by November 7th. Uh, but there's a lot more that everyone here can do uh, and everyone listening today can do. And so the first thing that we need to be doing is we need to be praying. And I think you absolutely had it correct that this, at its very root, is a, a battle that has been going on for ages. Uh, that is because there is an evil that so despises the fact that each and every one of us was made in the image and likeness of God and seeks to destroy that. Mm -hmm. And it's seeking to destroy that in our most innocent and in our most fundamental building ground uh, of the human person, which is the family. Right. Um, and, and issue one is their new tool, the new tool to destroy that. Um, and so first and foremost, we need people to be joining us in prayer because prayer is not a platitude. It is a life-changing and life-saving activity. So the first thing we're going to ask everybody to do is to pray. The second thing we're going to ask everybody to do is to get involved and to get educated, to learn more about issue one, because the reality is, is that we owe the truth to our neighbors. And there are so many people who may not even be comfortable with the position that, that we hold on abortion. They may not be there yet. But when we explain to them that this, this radical amendment would write into Ohio's Constitution third trimester, uh, taxpayer-funded, abortion on demand, they realize that it is just too extreme for our Constitution. Mm -hmm. yes. When moms and dads realize what this could do and how it could open their children up to be uh, to abusers um, and uh, sever that parental notification, that parental involvement, they understand that it is too extreme for our Constitution. And, you know, just yesterday, the Ohio Attorney General re released an analysis of this amendment, um, and it's confirming what we have been saying, that overnight this will eliminate all of the guardrails that have worked to keep women and unborn children and children safe. And it's just too extreme to write into our Constitution. So we need people to understand these things but also to then have the courage to talk to their friends, talk to their neighbors, even talk to the people in your families uh, who may not be with us 100% on the pro-life issue, but welcome them to the coalition of people who are opposing issue one, because we need to continue to be able to have dialogue on this. Uh, and then, you know, the, the last thing that we need everybody to do is to get out there and vote. Uh, because you can come to all of the marches, you can get all of the yard signs, you can go to all of the town halls and all of the ballot information meetings, 
but it's all for nothing if you do not get out and vote. So that's what I'm asking everybody to do, um, to pray, to have courage and get involved, and to get out there and vote. Um, now, for anybody who's ready to take a next step, we have so many opportunities. We have paid field staff. We have people who are going door-to-door and phone banking. And like Peggy said, you can find information about how to get involved in all of that with organizations all over the state. Uh, but if you can't find one, go to our website, gcrtl.org slash stop, um, and you can come uh, get connected, and we will set you up with the resources to help defeat this in your community. Outstanding. Uh, before we let you go, Beth, let's talk yard signs. How can our friends get yard signs? Yes, we have distributed a little over 25,000 yard signs. We still have a few thousand. Um, those can be picked up in our office uh, during open office hours, which is generally at least 10 to 4 every day. Some days a little bit later. But we're also going to have them at all of our upcoming events, uh, including next Friday at 7 p.m. We are so excited to welcome the Sisters of Life uh, to St. Paul Church in Westerville. We're going to have a giant push-out for yard signs and door-to-door at that event. So please come here. The beautiful message of love and the testimony from the Sisters of Life. Pick up a yard sign then. Uh, come to one of the events that, that we're going to be at. I'll be in Marysville tomorrow at 4.30, a rally there. We have events almost every single night. So come see us, get a yard sign. Uh, you can find out where to get those, again, on our website, gcrtl.org slash stop. <laughs> and I think we even still have a few at St. Gabriel Radio that you we can do. pick up. And, and if do. not, I'll get you more. I'll get you more. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Beth Vanderkoy, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Keep going. All right. Uh, That was wonderful. The big dates coming up next week. October 10th, Tuesday is the deadline to register to vote for this uh, issue one. Right. Or change your address if you've moved. Yeah. Do whatever Mm -hmm. you need to Mm -hmm. to get it it right. And then on Wednesday, October 11th is uh, the beginning of early voting and absentee voting. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, get out there. It's urgent. And, you know, but there's still so much more we can do before November 7th, as Beth was talking about. Uh, People can get yard signs. You can go to events. You can start talking to your family if you haven't already. And I'm going to take my granddaughter to vote. This will be her first time to vote. And I'm going to to make it a day. Or take her to vote with me. She is registered. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got that done. So there and pray, pray, pray. Right. If if you haven't been praying every day or fasting or praying and fasting, now's the time. And if you don't think you have the words or the arguments, uh, we have a series of wonderful shows that Peggy did on the Family Sanctuary. Uh, Those are all available at stgabrielradio.com in our podcast area. Just go to Family Sanctuary type in the keyword search abortion Abortion. and you'll see an entire series of talking about this issue from a number of different angles uh uh, scientific angles um dispelling all the lies that are being told out there so if you don't have have the words there soon from the bishop as well yep uh, we'll be recording with the bishop on Mm -hmm. tuesday and uh then that'll air uh next weekend so final words uh danielle to you 
Get out there and vote no. Use <laughs> your relationships and the people in your life to tell them the truth about this amendment um, that it's just too extreme for Ohio. It's dangerous for moms. It's dangerous for babies. Mm. And we deserve better than what this amendment has to offer Ohio. Amen. Andrea? I'm encouraged by the number of people who were at the march and just the energy behind it. So I think we do have a really good chance, but it is important. I'm going to reiterate, no in November, um, and if not, starting next Wednesday with early voting, because it is so important. Our children's future, our future as a state, really does depend upon how we vote. And it, I hate to say it because it sounds hyperbolical, but this vote really does uh, change the course of our future or t- determines the course of the state of Ohio's future in regard to abortion and many other things to come. I love it. Let's put the no in November, right? Absolutely. Amen. Peggy. And just for women who have had abortions, remember there is hope and healing available. Uh, and, and we love you. The Lord loves you. And, um, uh, we want you to have the healing that you need. And for those who may be suffering uh, with a with a crisis pregnancy or a lack of support, uh, there is help available for you. Uh, optionline.org, 1-800-712-HELP uh, is our option line 24-7. People are there for you. Um, remember... Uh, uh, there are always alternatives to abortion. There is always hope. And voting no on issue one uh, is simply an encouragement for those of us who are providing pregnancy help to do it even better. <laughs> and we will, and we do. We love you, and help is available. Uh, abortion is never the answer, but hope and help uh, and reliance on the Lord is the answer. Mm-hmm. We started the show with this prayer. Uh, Let's end it with this prayer. Our prayer for Ohio. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you, and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask your intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for pray us. For us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Pray for us. us. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. A podcast of this hour and 15 minutes that we are just concluding will be available on the St. Gabriel website as well. We'll put it on both the special features page as well as the Family Sanctuary page. So if you'd like to listen to it again or share it with a friend or family member, you know where to go, stgabrielradio.com podcasts, family sanctuary, or special features. Early voting, again, starts next Wednesday, October 11th. Get out there and vote no on issue one. God bless you all. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We're going right to Dr. Ray. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus, 
and FM 88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.